Welcome back, guys. Sorry we missed you last week. No, I'm really not sorry. There's I'm a lot not of, sorry at all. Yeah, there's a lot of things that went on. <laughs> um, we're going to share them all this week, of course. Uh, the weather's been absolutely fantastic in St. Louis. I'm loving every single second of it. We've hung outside almost every single day. Um, some random occurrences happened over the course of the last eight or nine days. We'll discuss that. Um, we're going to jump right into it. So the first thing that I've been dying to talk to everybody about is Reiki energy healing. Okay, so I'll, I'll first talk about like why I even went down this path and what happened. I've known about all these like weird, mystical, quirky, natural things of life. Like I'm into it. I read about it all the time. I don't necessarily always go and practice them or get them done. But I was watching a TV show a couple weeks back. And what was that show? Um, Where the husband cheats on the wife? Affair. The show Affair. Oh, well, yeah, The, the Affair. <laughs> and uh, I think it's like a 2014 show is when it started. But we were just binge watching that. And uh, in it, the one character's mom is a Reiki energy healer. And it just kept like hitting me in the face like... Boom, 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 Reiki, Reiki. So I'm like, you know, maybe I should just try it. It's all about your chakras. I believe in the energy. I believe that our bodies are made from like vibrations and, and such. And that's why we feel good in some places in life. Like when we go to the beach, we feel good. And, you know, we don't feel good when we're in the city around hustle and bustle. It's because our chakras are all imbalanced at the time. So long story short, I message a, um, a friend of ours. And she's like super into spiritual things and her and her husband. And so I asked her, I'm like, do you know anybody who's like legit a Reiki healer in the St. Louis area? And so she immediately responded. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, message this guy. Well, I realized once I see his name that this is the same guy that six months ago, maybe even more than that, when Brent and I were shooting a documentary, he was the guy who was interviewed on the documentary right before us. And so I'm like, oh man, this is that same guy. Like it's got it, it's meant to be. So I go not really knowing what to expect. And this is about two weeks ago. And I'm kind of, I, I take these moments and these opportunities to learn and to be very in tune and see, is it working? Is it not working? I'm not into the whole placebo effect thing. Like I think that's a real thing. And so I'm very mindful of anything new that I try. Like, is this legit or not? And so you go in, I mean, he's a really, 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 really nice guy. You go in and, you know, you, you don't tell him anything. He doesn't ask you anything. You just like lay down on the table and he starts to talk and he starts to say things that you're just like, how does he know this about me? Um, for me, it was a ton of stuff that he brought up and he would know like for one of the things that he brought up, he's like, I feel as though... There is a female in your life that absolutely like, he's like, all I see is just red, pure jealousy. She's like, she's just very, very jealous of you. And at first I couldn't grasp who he was talking about. And then minutes into the whole thing when he was like playing with the energy in your body with his hands and he's like moving things around and you feel like tingles and such. He's like, this person stabbed you in the back more than once and went completely against like what you feel and believe to be like what loyalty really is. And he goes, and I just sense that he's like, it's not you holding on. He goes, I sense that it's her and it's like an energetic cord. And he goes, and her name starts with an, and I'm not going to say it on here in case she listens. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like I immediately screamed the name out. I was like, yes, like I know who you're talking about now. 
And she went into things with my dad. She went into things with my family. He just like, I just said she, he. He like just really, really picked up on certain things and could feel where the pain was. He also was able to tell where physically in my body I had pain. Now, mind you, I think you guys know that I'm going through physical therapy right now for like I have a longer left leg, which has caused some issues from working out on it for so many years improperly. And so I am going through some aches and pains in my body right now. But whether they were related to PT or not, he knew without touching me where I was hurting. And it was like spot on. And so he was very candid. He goes, listen, these are probably things from physical things you're doing. Or he's like, it's a combination of both. He's like, our bodies have a way of communicating with us, whether it's emotional trauma that turns out, turns into physical trauma into our bodies. He's like, but you could take either course of action to heal it. He's like, it's, it's possible. So we addressed that. We went through that. And I just remember getting up after 90 minutes and just feeling really, 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 really good. And I don't know if you guys remember, I talked about making my vision board again recently. It was a couple days after this session that I had had, that I had like the creativity and like the spark to make my vision board again. And I had like two weeks of solid. I was in such a good headspace. Like I'm talking not a minute down, like not one minute of negative thoughts or not feeling good. Like I was feeling my best and I feel like things just started to fall in place. Well, he did say that I could do a follow-up and then I would be okay. Like, I don't need any more sessions than that. So the second time around, I took Brian with me and I went first. And again, the guy like blows me out of the water. He's like, did you have bread last night? Which I don't eat a lot of bread, especially outside at restaurants or from grocery stores because they have a bunch of crap in them. So I um, did that night before because I was hanging out with Brian's sister and brother-in-law and we'd order food and I was literally like loaves like pieces of bread dipped in olive oil is what I was doing and I go what how do you know this and he's like it's just one of those things that I still can't explain to this day he's like how I know he's like I really just don't even know and so he works on stuff and he he puts he puts his hand like near my heart and he goes he's like I feel like you've worked a lot on yourself since the last time I saw you he goes it's kind of rare for me to like come across someone like that in just one session, he goes, but am I, am I right about that? And I was like, yeah, I have. I was like, actually, I, I feel like I've had the best two weeks of my life. And I wasn't really equating it to this energy healing, but like he was picking up on something in my vibration that I was in a good place. And he goes, I feel as though you feel relief. And I was like, yeah, I do. I feel relieved. I feel like I got like, I got the, like the gist of life again. Like I got my groove back. And so Long story short, it was the most incredible experience. So if anybody's in the St. Louis area looking for um, somebody um, who could do really good Reiki energy healing, I, I just DM me and I'll send you his information. But Brian, too, had uh, a session done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it wasn't the same for both of us. But I was listening to what he was saying to you, and he was picking up on some legit things that from me as an outsider, I have always considered for you. So... It's interesting, like he had already picked up on the fact that Brian was an emotional guy. By emotional, it wasn't like always crying or like ups and downs. It was someone who's very in tune with his emotions and can feel his way through. Like, I feel like you're very, you're a water sign. You you guys can use your emotions. I just think that you're one of those guys who uses their emotions to their benefit though. Like mm-hmm. you create and manifest things because you feel your way into them. And that's like the biggest golden ticket on how to manifest things. Willy Wonka. 
Yeah, you're right. Willy Wonka status. Funny when I said golden, golden ticket, I, golden I ticket. thought of the golden ticket. That's right. Um so, but you could share your experience. Um, so for me, I I mean, I felt very relaxed afterwards, but I couldn't tell. Like when Nina was having her done, hers done, I was in the other room and I meditated for like the full 50, 60 minutes that mm-hmm. yours lasted. I just kind of sat there and closed my eyes and meditated to the music that was playing in the background. And so I'm walking into it, I was already very relaxed and very calm. And then it was like another hour of meditation in a sense, right? Because you're laying on the table and the music's playing and the water's going in the background. It's a very meditative state. And I will say there's there's certain things that he that I think he was accurate that he picked up on, uh, maybe things that were stuck in my subconscious that I don't, that like today and present day I don't have as much of a feeling about, but maybe they were lodged in there from years ago. Um, and kind of when I got done, it just to me just felt like a very deep meditation, very deep relaxation. I was very relaxed that throughout the rest of the day, felt very good the next day. Um, so it almost kind of felt like I had got a massage, except this time he really wasn't putting his hands on me like a massage. It was more like working with the energy as opposed to a physical massage. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, I didn't have the time to kind of relax before I went into both my sessions. So the second one I came in and he goes, you're not grounded in this moment. And I go, I'm not. I was like, I was actually pretty anxious driving for some reason. And he goes, the body just does that when it knows where it's going. He's like, because we're going to move energy around. But then he just goes, I don't know what he does. Like he just like has a way of grounding you and calming you down. Not just mentally, but physically too. Like he drops, he helps you drop all of the resistance you're carrying in your body is how I felt. But with Brian, it's interesting because I, I feel as though male energies who are a little bit more elevated kind of have worked through their systems and kind of are can go get past things. Whereas most females, and I'm sure a lot of women listening, we tend to replay things in our mind. We tend to look at life sometimes from a, not that this moment could be a new moment or this month something better could happen, but kind of like from a fearful state of like... Let's talk about this for a sec. This happened... This happened to me last year this time, and then this can happen to me again this time. You know what I mean? Like, we, our minds kind of go back because I don't know what it is with our energies. And this is, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. This is just, you know, we're geared in a certain way um, where our hormones change our emotions constantly throughout. We're never stable. And there's a lot of beautiful reasons for that. I mean, we're meant to carry humans inside of us. We are meant to nurture and we're meant to have those emotions so we can have more empathy with our kids and other people around us, whereas men don't have that, I th- right? I think that there's got to be something biological here, and I'm sure there is, and I'm just not familiar with it. But to your point, I feel that most of the women that I'm very close to in my life, they do exactly what you just said. They, Whether it's a good memory or a bad memory, mm-hmm. they will, even if it's 15 years later yeah. from the event that took place, they continue to think about it yeah. or continue to let that play out in their in their consciousness or their subconsciousness um, to the point where it still really impacts their decisions and thought processes to this day. Yeah. Whereas with, and at least this is just my observation, right? This is not a blanket statement either, is that like... Personally, I am always kind of like either trying to be within the moment or thinking about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm programmed as opposed to taking anything into consideration that happened 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago and letting that replay through my consciousness and impacting me as much today. Is that something that you would agree with? or 
Yeah, but see, my thing comes from like, I don't know the right or wrong answer. And I don't think anyone's right or wrong in the way that they are. I think evolving is the most important aspect that are you getting better and better at this and not letting the past define your current situation or your future. Mm -hmm. But how do you learn lessons without going into the past? That's how you learn lessons. Um, Not to say this in like a negative light, but you have done a lot of things again and again and again that were repeat mistakes and repeat lessons until you finally cut the cord. So that is what I see the difference in. I will never repeat a mistake that or something that I've learned from. It's rare. There have been very far and few instances as I've gotten older. When I see that I did this and this is what happened, I don't go down that path again. I think that particular point depends on the level of intensity individually of what that particular mistake is. Or the level of intensity that it caught pain, the pain that it caused yeah. you. Because we react and respond to pain. Correct. And if it was something that caused emotional a lot of pain, pain or physical emotional pain, emotional or physical, yeah. you have a much higher likelihood of not wanting to do that again or being more conscious not to do it again. But if it's something that doesn't cause pain, then maybe you continue to do it. Yeah, right? but and then here's the problem with that. That someone like you who knows how to handle their emotions to the T and nothing really shakes you. Good or bad, nothing shakes you. I've never seen you ecstatically happy and I've never seen you ecstatically sad. Mm -hmm. Maybe once I saw you sad. And so in looking at that, it's like nothing really pushes you or gets your attention until it like really irks you or for some other people when it happens again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so everybody is different. It is just us humans on this podcast trying to dissect it and put it into our little human words to help us and everybody else understand like why it is the way that it is and why for me when I do holistic things or energy healing or acupuncture and these things they make a world of a difference on me as opposed to Brian who kind of just floats and goes it was okay you know like he's fine anyway he's fine all the time but what I will say is there's other things that we've done together that I thought were way more impactful for me personally. So let's talk about, we went to a... When um, we did the past life reading one, Yeah, that, did, that woman gave such specificity mm-hmm. with things that have occurred in my present life, like so such close specificity through what she interpreted as multiple different themes through past lives. And what I found so interesting about that is it was just like, there's... Like it was just rang so It was true. profound. It, it was, was very pro- profound. Yeah. And it was profound for both of us actually. But yes, I, I do remember that. And it's, that was more connecting with you on a level that maybe potentially it was a point where right before we were going to get married, it was a point right when you were like at the height of your career at Capital Innovators, if you remember, right? It was like right before your other accelerator that you guys did, the first one in the country. Like you, you were in the works of that. So... When I think of that, you have to take all of these little factors into consideration, but I don't think that anybody should be closed off to any one of these modalities that people could possibly do to help themselves. Oh, not at all. Um, I felt that for me, Roxanne, the life past life reader two, three years ago was a huge jump for me to help me understand why I was feeling guilty for moving on in life and I won't get into it it's like a huge family thing but I did and to this day I apply the learnings that I had with that woman to this day when I catch myself drifting about a certain topic she her voice like comes in my mind my reaction to her talking to me comes right back to me in a really really beautiful way it was tough that day but now I see it as like a release it was a complete release that evening 
And so that's how I feel the whole energy, or sorry, the Reiki thing for me was that, yeah, I was like blocked in certain areas and I go through these changes because my experiences of life, we all show up to things in life with our own baggage, right? My experiences compared to Brian's experiences are just like 360 degrees different, like completely entirely different. I had a very good upbringing, a very well upbringing, like financially. But then when it came to like a traditional home and like a traditional thing, no, because my parents were always busy providing. So like, and they had big ass goals for themselves. So it wasn't that like, you know, we were like, hey, let's go to school. We drop you off. We come home. We all eat dinner together. And then we all play cards. No, that's that's not how we were. It was like... I was more of a who's who kind of guy. It, Remember that game with the flip up faces? Hilarious. It was more like, hey, you, you go to school, come back, eat your free, eat, eat food. My mom hangs out with us. My dad's working. And then my mom goes and helps him out too. Like that's the kind of thing we had. We didn't take all of a ton of vacations we did take vacations don't get me wrong but it wasn't like brian every freaking three months or every summer or this or that hanging with grandparents and cousins my entire family wasn't even in america at the time so we had a very when it came to emotional we had a very different emotional upbringing and it's made me a much tougher person than um by tougher i don't mean like I can handle things better. No, no, no. By tougher, I mean that it's kind of hardened my shell a little bit over the years, whereas Brian is a little bit of a softy. Like he sees things through the eyes of love and happiness and joy. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> if this happens and this can happen, I'm not doing that. I'm not letting you do that. <laughs> you know, like that's where I come from. So everyone just has their own experiences that give them their own perceptions of things that are currently happening or things that did happen or the things that would happen in the future is what I'm trying to say. So I do think everyone should try Reiki. Words is, I wonder, and maybe this is part of the art of Reiki, I just don't know enough about it, but when they're doing it, they're like discussing a specific issue, let's say, but whether it's good or bad, they're discussing a specific issue. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to remove this energy from you. And it makes me wonder how much of that when if you walk away feeling very good or feeling very detoxed about whatever these issues were that you covered, how much of that is that is actually psychosymptomatic? And you're just bringing it to your awareness. Maybe you weren't even realize you were still holding on to it and then just saying, now it is gone. Kind of. That's why I told you, when you show up to something with an open mind like I did, and I just go in tune with it, like I'm... I'm like waiting for that person to carry me away kind of thing. Like I let go. Mm -hmm. I'm not judging. I'm not trying to see if it works or doesn't work. I am not hating on the person. I'm not like a critic at all whatsoever. I have a very open mind. And I feel like it's only those people that actually are able to benefit from things like that. Even if it was psychosymptomatic, does it matter? No, it doesn't. And I think that's part of it. I think maybe it's that's the very part of the art of it. What I also think is something interesting is um, because I think you have to enter these things with a very open mind. And another thing I, I consider that I thought was fascinating too is sometimes you don't become aware or release certain things in your life until you hear them from somebody else. else. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is maybe you're not self-aware. Maybe your spouse or partner could tell you, but for some reason you're not receiving it from her forever, mm-hmm. would it reason? Mm-hmm. And it takes that external third party to come in and bring the same topic or issue up. And then when you hear it from somebody else, it creates this very interesting psychological impact of like, oh, wow, okay, now I am aware of this. I understood it. 
even though I've been getting told maybe this for a while, I've understood it because I heard it from somebody else that I absorbed it from at that time. It kind of almost like for me, the two things he brought up, one I was completely unaware of was still something that was stuck. I had no idea about my friend. And the other thing that he brought up about my family, I didn't realize that somewhere, I didn't judge it when he brought it up. I didn't judge it, you know, because I honestly expected that it was gone and I worked through it. But when he brought it up again, he's like, it's not, he's like, you're still holding somewhere. He's like, and I want to say that you feel guilty for not reaching out to this specific person. He goes, and this person is in his seventies now. And I think you're starting to feel that he's a, he's going to go someday and you might regret not making amends. And when he said that to me, I didn't get de- defensive or combat him, which normally I would. This was an outsider I never met before. And he's bringing up something that he could not know of. I never told him that. He doesn't know that. It's not posted on my Instagram somewhere. And I just let it go. And I was like, okay, maybe I am. Maybe, just maybe, because he is touching a part of my body where I have pain all the time. And so it was interesting how when I let go and he's like, just breathe it in and out, in and out. You like do these deep breaths and he pulls the energy out. Like his hand shakes when he does it. You sometimes can feel tingling when he does it. And I just felt like he wasn't incorrect. Those were the exact thoughts going through my mind. Not because I felt that, because other people in my life have said to me, Nina, he's like 70 years old. Nina, you might regret this. Nina, you might... Like other people chitter chattering in my mind and I brush them off, brush them off, brush them off. But subconsciously, that shit starts to stick. And so he picked up on that, you know? And I think once I heard that confirmation from him and my intuition always told me, stand your ground, keep your peace. There's no need to reach out to somebody. Let it go. Let both myself and that person just be. Like, I will never be accepted by that person. That person has a different viewpoint of how they wanted me to become in life and do things. And I have to just accept it and let it go. I'm not seeking any kind of validation anymore. Zero. Not emotional, not mental, not physical, not financial, nothing. Like, go away. And so he said, you are absolutely right to do that and you don't need... You don't need to feel guilty for doing that. Hearing that from a person I never met before in my life who knows nothing about me gave me the biggest sense of confidence, peace, and trust in my own intuition, in my own heart, and what I want to do. So I almost felt like a screw you to everybody else who judges me for handling the situation that I am. I know I'm on the right path. I don't have to go keep making amends with somebody. That doesn't make me feel better. It makes me feel better to keep my distance. So is that psychosymptomatic? I don't know. If it is, great, it worked. If it isn't, awesome, great, it still worked. I don't think it being psychosymptomatic is a bad thing. I yeah. think that's. I think there's a lot of things that are psychosymptomatic emotionally that people don't realize has, that manifest into physical things. I don't know if you guys have read the book Epigenetics. It's been proven that placebo effect is real. And when people are like, well, what if that's a placebo effect? And I'm like, well, okay. So what? It doesn't matter. It, it gives it you the works. same result. Yeah. All you want is something or some modality or some pill or whatever it is to work for you. So if it is placebo effect, if it is psychosymptomatic, if it, whatever it is, if it's just the simple fact you heard it from someone who doesn't know you, it doesn't matter. Our bodies are very, very in tune and intelligent. And if something works for you, it works for you. Don't go trying to dissect it and figure it out like, 
how? Why? Where did it happen? Like, oh my gosh, is this real? Do I have to try it again? Does it really work? Is it all in my head? Who cares? Everything is in our heads. I mean, this whole podcast, I mean, we're big proponents of like consciousness and energy and vibration and souls and universe. I, the older I get and the more experiences I'm going through, especially these past two years, I am realizing that everything in our lives is a reflection of our inner state. It's not an accident to me that my body crashed last year. It's not anymore. I have a zero question about it. And now that I'm on the healing phase and the healing mode, only thing that's changed is my mindset. I have changed my mind and I have done and taken actions and steps in life that empower that mindset now. Like, you know, eating way more calories than I used to, you know, not pushing myself for six mile runs and et cetera. But my mind is actually visualizing things way before they're appearing. You know, like I don't even know if I share this with you guys, but like five of the things on my vision board have come true in the past three weeks. I've only had the vision board for three weeks. Just randomly have appeared, which we're going to parlay into the next thing, by the way. Last Sunday, we woke up and came downstairs. Onyx does not sleep with us upstairs because I have terrible allergies to a point where I will wake up in the middle of the night and my eyes will be burning, red, watery, and itchy if she sleeps in our bed. So she does not sleep in our bed. And we come downstairs and she's like sitting on her butt with her hind legs folded and then her two front paws like up like a dog sits. And it's funny because I immediately knew something was wrong because I kept calling her and looking at her and she wasn't moving and she started to shake like uncontrollably. And I was like, oh, something is wrong. I pick her up, take her outside to go to the bathroom. And she's just sitting in the grass again, not getting up. And so I bring her back inside. I try to get her to get up and walk. She plops down. Long story short, she ends up having the same issue that happened to her last April, if everybody remembers, where like her disc... um, what is it called? Like, it's a bulging disc. So basically what happens is... she it like ruptures. A, yeah. Well, it didn't rupture. But last year, she had an issue where a disc started to bulge. It puts compression on the spinal cord. And then she lost the functionality of her back two legs, her hind legs. Well, it ruptured. And then they go in and do surgery. Yeah. And they... Um, what they do is they basically relieve the pressure that's pushed compressing on they the spinal cord out. and they clean yeah. it out. And then, you know, it's a like a disc herniation surgery. So that's what initially happened. And then we learned that, you know, having a small dog like this, specifically the kind of breed we have, it's very common. And it's possible. They said after surgery, it's very unlikely it could happen again, but it's possible that it could. So then fast forward about a year later, turns out that the same type of issue occurred just with a different section of her spinal cord. So... Last year, we were told that she has a slight chance of it happening again because all of her other discs look really healthy. She should be fine. Well, less than a year later, it was about 11 months. um, This happens again on Sunday. And we come to find out that it was another disc, like Brian mentioned, that ruptured. But that the other disc that he had fixed was like beautiful, phenomenal shape and everything. Healed perfectly. And the problem with all of this is that we have not not really... um, kept a very like we don't give a it's not a normal life for onyx ever since her first surgery we pick her up we don't let her use stairs we don't let her jump up and down furniture we don't take her for too long of walks maybe five minutes we don't get her riled up and if people come over we almost always put her in a crate and put her upstairs except sometimes but that's okay and uh so we expected her to never have this issue again just because of the 
steps that we've taken to limit the possibility. Well, on Sunday they have her, Sunday and Monday, Brian and I, long story short, are toying with, have two options in front of us. Surgery, and this could happen again and again for the rest of her life, or put her down or rehome her to somebody who can take care of this issue forever. Because, couple things. One, emotionally, this doesn't work for me. I, I, Brian can tell you, I like, my body starts to shake. I don't feel good. I have like weird symptoms happening. And it's funny because last year when all this happened to Onyx, I got so scared and nervous and emotional that several weeks later I had shingles, like from stress. So it's just not okay for me. And other thing is, we are going to start traveling a lot for work and doing certain things, and we can't leave Onyx with just anybody anymore because of her restrictive lifestyle. So we were just like, what do we do? What's going to happen? She's too tiny for like surgery after surgery for the rest of her life. This isn't fair. Like a ton of emotions going up and down. Well, I think it was Sunday night or Monday night. We still hadn't talked to the neurologist yet. She was just at the hospital and they were monitor- monitoring her. And I was talking to my best friend nonstop and I printed out pictures of Onyx and I, of her, of me and Onyx before she even had her first surgery. So she, she was completely healthy and I started pasting them all over my vision boards. Like I have like six pictures of Onyx just everywhere. And I'm like, you know what? If I can manifest those other four things in two weeks time, I can manifest something, ha- something good happens with Onyx too. And I remember we went to Dick's for for some reason. Both Brian and I were trying to stay busy and out of the house and not let our minds run. And I just remember pacing in Dick's feeling like very lightheaded, very like my nerves were very like fiery and burning in my head. Like I just didn't feel good at all. And I knew I'm like, this is this is stress. This is all happening from stress. And my friend texts me and goes, hey, how about you talk to this woman? And she sends me a like a medium who talks to animals dead or alive. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm looking through, it was, sorry, it was like a group of women, like a ton, ton of people. And so I'm sending emails out to everybody back and forth, no responses, leaving messages, so desperate. And then I let it go. And then my friend texts me back and she's like, did you see this woman? And her name was Deb. And I was like, no. And she's like, you should try her. And I'm like, I don't know, like, find me I was so nervous and just so flustered that I was like I I'm done and we're in the car going back home and I'm like let me just look for this woman's number I find her on Facebook and find her number and her ratings are through the roof like I mean review after review after review I'm like okay call this lady leave a message she calls me right back and said hey I got your message you wanted to talk to me about your little puppy onyx and that she's at the hospital right now and you guys are just, you guys have like two or three options that you're playing with in your head right now of what to do. She's like, I'd love to help. I call her back. <laughs> Get this. Turns out she was born in the same hometown that I was born in. She now lives in Missouri, in St. Louis, just like I do. She's been here for 40 years. Um, we get to know each other a little bit. And then she asks me about Onyx. And I explained to her, like, they're monitoring her right now. But here are like what our choices are of what to do. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable knowing forever that surgeries will be in her future. I was like, I just emotionally, I was like, I admit this. I can't handle this. And um, the recoveries are not easy either. It's like two months of like Onyx is attached to your hip 
and you got to do everything. And so she's like, I understand. Well, she's like, all I need is a picture of Onyx. She's like, and the fact that she's not sedated or she's just hanging out at the hospital, she's like, I could probably connect with her better. And she's like, sometimes they want to talk to their owners. So she's like, maybe if I call you during the reading, she's like, and you're around to answer, she's like, you can ask questions yourself. And I'm like, okay, great. So she was having dinner at the time. So she's like, okay. So then I'm like anxiously awaiting a phone call. We come home, drop something off with the intention of going back out. And as soon as we come home, she calls and I answer. And Brian rushes into the living room too and both sit down. And she's like, well, I've connected with Onyx. And she's like, I, she's fine. She's like, I think they have her on pain meds though. She's like, she's not sedated, but she's definitely on pain meds because she feels good. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and I said, "Um, Onyx, mommy's very, very, very worried about you and very upset. And so then she goes, Onyx responds, but so is daddy. And this woman doesn't know that I am married. I didn't talk about Brian to this woman on the phone. All I talked to her about was Onyx. So that was like strange to me. And I'm like, my ears were up at this point. Like I'm paying attention to her. And then she's like, I learned a lot about Onyx. She's like, I, I know that you guys don't take her on long walks anymore, but she really wants to go on long walks. Side note, we can't because of her leg. And she likes to burrow in her daddy's lap with her nose which is exactly what onyx does um just a ton of things that she was saying about onyx it was just like spot on like it's not a dog personality like the things she was saying were very specific to onyx and then um we talked about the surgery and she's like she very much remembers her first surgery and she said that it'll be okay and then Obviously, I I was asking the hard questions and I'm like, will you ask Onyx, like, does she want to stay? Like, does she want to go through this again or does she just want to go to the other side? And she's like, "Okay." she's like, we can ask her. And I'm thinking that this woman, just to ease my pain, will tell me that Onyx is ready to go. A couple minutes go by and this woman goes, she's like dead silent on the phone. She goes, no, Onyx said it's not her time. Onyx said that she's very young and she doesn't want to go and she loves you guys and she'll be fine. She doesn't want to go through surgery, but she will if she has to, and she'll be okay. And I go, what? I was like, really? And she's like, yep, she, she's not, she is intending to stay. And I was like, okay. Like it took a burden off my shoulders immediately, but I was very shocked. And then I go, well, I was like, does Onyx love us? Does she think we take good care of us or like we're a part of the problem? Does she want to be rehomed? And so then she's quiet again. And the woman goes, nope, Onyx said that she's here to spend time with you guys. She's here to love you and get love in return. And she doesn't want to be anywhere else but with you guys. And I go, really? And she's like, yeah. And then Brian was asking the philosophical (laughs) questions of like, can you ask Onyx why she chose us? And so then the woman responded, Onyx said she chose both of you for two very different reasons. She's like, she chose Nina because... um, she wants to teach Nina how to how to know that it's okay to love um, any anyone or anything with an open heart and that that's okay to love me too with an open heart. It's interesting because if anyone else, people who know me on the podcast, I love, but I love like way too hard and I'm like way too loyal. So if something happens to you, it's like your pain becomes my pain and it's like very self-destructive to me. Like it's just sad. And so... 
that's happened to me a couple of times, not with boyfriends, but like with people in my life that I care about. Something has happened to them and I just feel helpless and it just breaks my heart and it just changes me as a person. So when I love, I kind of love from a distance now in my adult life. But what she said completely resonated with me because I have turned a little different in that regards. And then for Brian, she said that she was here to like fill some void. So long story short, this woman gave us so much clarity and I was, I was upset that we had to go through surgery again, but it was almost like I will never do anything that Onyx doesn't want to do. And if this woman is even 9% true, I, I clung to the words Onyx wants to stay. Onyx will go through surgery. She loves you guys. That's, that's what she wants. And so it was cool. It was good. But here's the kicker. Then my last question was, would she ever want to be rehomed with somebody who works at this facility? Because we were considering that. And our neurologist at the time also said that before he figures out what to do with her, um, I had asked him for help. I was like, if you or anybody you know in the medical industry for animals could take care of her, I was like, we will pay for surgery. We will get her up and going and then give her to someone who can take care of her. And he goes, okay, I'll ask her around and I'll figure it out. So we were waiting for that response. Well, this woman says... She doesn't want to be rehomed. She's like, she's saying that very intently again. But she said that if there's anybody that she'd be willing to go with, it would be, I'm getting a name, Shirley or Cheryl. And you guys, this is where like my eyes came out of my head. My like mouth was open. The woman who takes care of the front desk at VSS and who took Onyx in from me on Sunday and who also brought Onyx back to us yesterday her name's Cheryl, Cheryl, whatever, however you say it. And it was just like, my mind was just blown at this point. I'm like, how does this woman know this? Long story short, it's been a very long week. We opted to go for surgery because the universe opened another door. So by the time I spoke with her, I was sure we'd go through surgery. I didn't know how we were going to deal with everything else. And the neurologist calls us 24 hours later And he goes, I racked my brain about this all evening. And he's like, here's a couple things, though. He's like, the board said no, that none of us can take Onyx because she's a client. He goes, it's happened before and they don't really want to make a habit out of it. And he's like, so that's not an option. And he goes, but I can. He's like, I have asked friends and family. He's like, I could put you in touch with a rescue. And I was like, rescue is not an option because I don't need someone taking a free cute puppy and not knowing what it entails to take care of her now. So that's not I will keep her. And so he's like, okay. So I realized that the medical door was shut. No one in the medical space could take her. Then he goes, I also think that um, there is a procedure that not many people opt to do because it's in Oklahoma. He goes, but it's a 97% success rate of not like preventing from this issue happening. And he goes, Onyx would be a perfect candidate because she's only three years old. She has her whole entire life left to live. He goes, it's happened twice. And he goes, now, less than a year later, I'm looking at her discs and they are degenerating. So he goes, it's a disease. It's not It's not from jumping around. It's not from injury. It's not because you guys are bad dog parents. He goes, this is a disease she has. So he goes, I could fix the ruptured disc. You have to fix that. And then in a couple months, you guys can, if you want, choose this other procedure out in Oklahoma and you have a really good success rate of this never happening again. And she could live a perfectly healthy life after that. And so I was sold. I'm like, Brian, this is what we're doing. And we're getting our baby girl back. And so, 
here we are at this point of she's recovering. She's sitting right next to us right now. She's actually way happier, way bubbly than the last time when we she had her surgery. Completely attached to our hips, like loving the sun and just, you know, we're just going to help her through this. And I feel as though I, I talked to Brian. I'm like, I think it's our duty to step up. This dog did choose us. And now we're here to serve her through her tough times and we give her the best life ever. Mm-hmm. But to go back to my point, my vision board worked again. Like <laughs> again, <laughs> 24 hours before we even knew what was going to happen. I was like posting pictures of her all over the place. And it just turned out that I, I, by God's like help, we just manifested it and it just happened and just goes to show you that there's forces bigger than us always working for us if we let it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's our Onyx story. I just talked forever. My, I need water. Um, I have a couple more things to talk about. If you or anybody has eczema or dermatitis, um, I used to have eczema as a kid near my eye because my allergies were so bad. Um, nothing would work. Uh, there were steroid creams that they gave me, but that's so bad for you. So my mom stopped. And eventually, by the time I... I kind of had it in law school too, a little bit if I remember correctly. But it kind of disappeared after that. It never came back. It just went away on its own. And a couple weeks ago... I think I had an allergic reaction to like a dye that I used on my eyebrows and it's like started to give me the same stuff and they were calling it like dermatitis and so nothing was working again. I was like, oh my gosh and it's kind of happening right where I had the shingles scars around my eye so it was more painful because the nerves there are not healed yet so it's like constant pain, pain, pain. Long story short, I went in search of something and went to a store called African Naturals here in St. Louis. And two things they gave me. Thunder Ridge or Thunder Bridge emu oil comes in a blue bottle. And then a white and red container called Emuade, E-M-U-A-I-D, Max, with red writing on it. I put those two things on my face twice yesterday. And this morning, the stuff was completely disappeared. So I have to do this for four weeks now because every time you wash your face with water in the shower or use soap, you irritate that skin again and again. But doing this for four weeks with these two products completely like eliminates it. And I saw... Well, let's put a caveat in there because you've only used it for a day. And I think, if you look, if you look backwards, what really started helping it initially was the cabbage you were putting on it. The cabbage was taking the inflammation down. The cabbage wasn't healing it. I was still in a lot of pain. Hence why I kept asking you. Yeah, but, but, so you, have to, the, but you also have to remember... There, it, there's a time effect to it as well, right? Like th- things heal over time. So I'm not discounting that I think whatever you put on your head yesterday that you just mentioned was very, very helpful. Um, I went to sleep. there's also a time component. No, abs- I don't agree with you. I went to sleep with this. I could put cabbage on and wake up in the morning. That still stuff was still like hurting me. It could look okay, but it was painful okay. and sensations. Whereas last night I put this stuff on twice. I woke up with zero pain. It was completely gone, 90% gone on my face. And only when I washed it with soap did it get a little bit irritated, but no pain, no flaking, and no raisedness. And so I'm doing it three times a day for four weeks, but I highly suggest it because a lot of us people are told to use steroids, and steroids thin your skin out, a.k.a. um, making the aging process come sooner than later. So you don't want to use steroid creams on your face ever, 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 ever. 
thanks to my doctor at Palm Health who told me that. So I was just searching for something and this is the only, these are the only two products that gave me this much relief within two days. I can only imagine what four weeks is going to look like. So that's something you guys want to try, just a little tidbit. Fourth thing, um, it is allergy season officially, at least for me. It started a few weeks ago. Um, I feel like every year they start sooner. Don't even give and sooner. that topic its own and sooner. season credibility. Well, here's the thing. There's some things you can do to do it, um, and I'll just list them off really quickly. You could do um, a Himalayan salt room. You can like hang out in there for about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a couple times a week. That's supposed to help with seasonal allergies. You can be mindful of taking the 10 milligram citrine, citrazine or whatever it's called um, a month before allergy season starts and then you don't have to take it at all. It should help your body kind of combat the allergies. And the third thing you can do is a neti pot, which I did one for the first time. Tell everybody about your experience. Two weeks ago. Last, sorry, last week. Um, I did it wrong the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I was bent... I was tipped over to the side while doing it, but I wasn't bent over. Let's provide a little context for people that aren't familiar with what a neti pot is. It basically looks like a mini teapot, (laughs) and you put water in the saline solution in there that comes with it. It's like a little packet, and you'll mix it together, and then you tilt your head to the side, and you hold um, the neti pot up to one of your nostrils. And what happens is, as you start to tilt the neti pot the saline solution and fluid runs up one side of your nose into your navel cavity into the top of your forehead and then back down the other side it sounds kind of gross but it basically cleanses and clears out your nasal cavity to help with uh, if you're stuffed up or help with allergies or things of that nature you feel like a new person they're helpful it's a very very old art of or a very very old practice of cleaning out your nasal cavity um they do it in india all the time this is what they all everyone in my family does a lot of countries a lot of older countries i always assumed that it was very difficult to do until my doctor told me to try it out and she said always do it after you come back from like a walk outside and my gosh like you want to talk about immediate relief everything opened everything like pressure went away in my head my eyes were clear um my nose was like getting rid of all the gunk it was it was a game changer. I think I'll always use a neti pot a couple times a week from here on out. It was very helpful. And knowing that it's a natural way of cleaning yourself and fixing it makes it all better for me at the same time. Guys, it's all we have today. I hope you enjoyed this very informative. Random. Random. Episode. Rant of an episode that we had. I kind of like took everything from the last two weeks and just dumped it in here. Um, as always, I appreciate all the messages and comments. I got a ton of messages about Onyx. That was very sweet. Thank you so much. And a shout out to one of our listeners who works in a vet office or was a vet. I don't remember the specifics, but she had reached out before when Onyx got hurt. And I thought of her again this time when Onyx got hurt and I reached out to her and she had actually kind of, you know, helped us get a little insight if we could do a little holistic avenue on onyx instead of surgery. So that was super helpful because we were able to look into it and make sure that if it was possible or not. So thank you. Um, And yeah, keep them coming. Thank you so much for all your support. All right. Thanks. We'll see you next time.